Welcome to Toffee Blue View, your source for all things Everton. Jerry here. Also here is Max and a face from the past. A voice from the past. An entity that, that we, we are all so very used to. We've been pining for <laughs> for months. It's, it's David. David's back, everybody. So I'll give you just a minute to soak in his essence Give him a <laughs> clap for him at your computer or wherever you are. David, welcome back, man. It's good to see you and hear you. Thank you very much, Jerry, and of course, Max. Um, yeah, I feel like I'm home, back where it all began. <laughs> yeah, well, you're, you're always welcome, you know, even if, yeah. even if you literally just want to just listen in and not even say anything. We're good with that. You know? oh, I'm always listening in. I'm always listening in. Uh, <laughs> and time for permitting, I like to come on. It's a, it's a busy schedule, but I thoroughly enjoy sitting down with you gents from different parts of the world. <laughs> uh, so, so David, what have you, uh, what have you been up to, man? I know you've got work that's gotten kind of hectic. I see you posting on Twitter all the time how you're covering like five games in five days. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's just busy, busy, busy. Um, yeah, covering a lot of football. Um, I'm, a, I'm kind of here, there, and everywhere. Um, but right now, I've got a nice chill evening, get to talk to you lads again, which is always good. Um, so, yeah, just keeping busy. Um, and looking forward to our chat about the Blues, especially I'm glad I've come on after we've, after we've had a win because... Uh, I remember a lot of certainly a lot of last season. It was there wasn't much of that going on. So happy days. How in the hell did we make this thing stay afloat during last season? Yeah, I don't I mean, even I'm understand. I'm not sure we did. I think I think we. Uh, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry come on, Dex. Um, yeah, we uh, we had a go, didn't we? We did okay. I think. Yeah. Okay. It was for those of you listening. Um, David's little pup has has uh, yeah. is joining him on his uh, on his couch. So yeah. that's that's why he's saying shh. He's not telling me and Max the, to shush just yet. Yeah, he's the real star of the show, aren't you? Mate? Uh-huh. Yeah. I wish, wish we would have had him last season. Yes, <laughs> we needed some something cuddly to kind of balance out our vitriol for Big Sam. You know. Yeah. Uh. I know. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to bring down the room, guys. I just mentioned Big Sam. Big Sam, and I, we've been trying not to, you know. So yeah, even my bad. even even Dexter nearly left when uh, when you mentioned Big Sam's name. Then come on, mate. Oh, <laughs> right. Anyway, <laughs> so basically, just so you know, we we do for those of you listening, we do have a mascot here. So that's a thing, and it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, He's just going to come out of shot every so often, so just bear with it or enjoy it. If you like dogs, he'll. He's something else for you to watch except those three. Uh, you like Dags? I like Dags. <laughs> what was that? What was that from? Was that Snatch? Snatch. Snatch. Yeah. Yes. What a film. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, if you are if you're listening right now, you may hear some weird stuff. I'm not in a soundproof booth. I never have been. So if you've been under the, that impression, apologies for shattering your illusions. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm in. 
an office, and I'm right beside a window, and there's wind and rain whipping against the window. So if you hear that, it's only because we have a tropical storm and tornado watch and that kind of stuff. Not a big deal. I think we're okay. But if you hear stuff, that's what's going on. Uh, there's, it came up through Florida, something category five, four hurricane hit Florida yesterday or this yeah. morning or something. And it's been kind of uh, shooting up through the southeast. Um, positive vibes for the, for the Florida folk. Um, yeah, and I think in North Carolina we're we're gonna be okay. Just some flooding, hopefully not too bad. So, fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah. Just having a little little rough stretch in the Southeast uh, U.S. with weather with weather right now. So, um, anyway, now that I brought the room down even more, uh, let's go ahead and do let's do the the, the summary of what's going on this show for the podcasters out there. Um, we're gonna start. We're talking about a guy we actually haven't talked about enough, which is funny because he's been on fire. We need to talk a little bit more about the Iceman, uh, Gilfy Sigurdsson. Um, yeah, he looks really good right now. We're going to talk about why, uh, what what works best for him in terms of style and people surrounding him and that kind of stuff. So we'll get to that first. Then we're going to talk about a player who used to be the bane of David's existence. So it's kind of cool that that we've chosen to talk about him when David is joining us. So we're going to talk about Michael Keane. All right. Um, yeah. And then we'll, we'll, uh, we'll work to some retro rumors. We wanted kind of a lighter segment because international break is upon us and it sucks as always. It's terrible. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't wish this on anyone. How but, many? That, that, that's my question. How many? Because the World Cup, then we're with one straight away, and now another one. Now it's yeah. too much, isn't it? Yeah. It's too much. No one likes these international breaks, unless you've got tickets to watch one of the friendlies, or one of those other... Actually, some of these are not even friendlies now. They're like... Was it UEFA League or whatever? That. Do you know what? The name just slipped my mind. We were talking about that today. Yeah. Um, what's it called? So, like the nation, the nations league, something like that. Yeah, but, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just glorified friendlies, isn't it? Really. Yeah, it's sort of making the friendlies matter a little bit more, I guess. Which I get that a little bit. However, when you make the friendlies matter more, just after a World Cup, when they actually have some import, people get hurt, mm. and that that sucks always. So, anyway, we'll be we'll be digging into some retro rumors. Uh, rumors from yesterday, yesteryear. Uh, and then we'll finish it up with another quiz, if you know your history. Uh, David versus Max. Max has had a pretty formidable record since we started doing these. We are going back to a different format because of this particular type of questions. So on If You Know Your History, we will be uh, asking David and Max to try to name every player to have played in a certain game from, from the past. And it was one I have actually seen, and it was great. So we'll talk about that. Uh, that'll be our final segment. Let's talk Gilfy. Let's. Yes, we should. We should be talking about him more. And frankly, so should everybody else. Um, he's, he's going through a, a nice little run, a positive run of form. Uh, highly ranked in chances created. Um, he's got four goals on the Who Scored website. I think he's the fifth highest rated player. And he's in their uh, Premier League best 11 for the season. Um, yeah, uh, he's looking pretty good. So, David, we'll start with you because we always start with the person whose name is not Max. And it's nothing personal. 
But Max gets to talk all the time, just like I do. So, plus David, we, I feel like we should give him an hour by himself because he's been so long. Uh, good luck finding that hour, David. Uh, so, yeah. so David, what do you? Th- good luck trying to retain any viewers for an hour watching me. <laughs> Uh, so, David, what do you think is contributing to Sigurdsson's uh, positive run of form? I think maybe it was just a long time coming. Um, he'd he'd obviously, uh, you know, he had been creating a lot, a lot of chances. And if you remember, there was such a debate going on, wasn't there, um, in terms of how good these chances were? Because there's so much data out there, you can almost manipulate it how you want it. So... I actually saw two very respectable people in terms of the data side of football really having an intense Twitter argument because one was had uh, X amount of data to back up the chances he was creating, but then another was saying, well, the facts are these aren't converting into anything and there's only so much blame you can put on the strike force. But I think somewhere in the middle of those two debates is what Sigurdsson is and I think finally he's starting to reap a bit of the reward for the effort he's been putting in because um, he has been he, he hasn't been bad at all this season I think he's, he has been a little bit unlucky and we have created some good chances through Sigurdsson that haven't been converted um, but yeah he's starting to he's starting to really step up when we need someone to step up isn't he yeah um, I know it's interesting uh, Silva recently I think they, they publicized it as Silva having a slide dig at, at Big Sam, saying that, you know, if you're just lofting and forcing long balls through, it's not really the best thing for Gilfie. Um, and, yeah, that actually does make sense. Um, Max, what do you see as being some of the, the, the things that Silva has brought that has helped Sigurdsson kind of see a, see a positive patch here? The system, the the formation, giving them responsibility and purpose, playing in that number ten role rather than messing them about on the left hand side. Or and well, even when Silva's dropped them back deeper, he still looked really, really good and comfortable. Because as I said, I think this responsibility that he's being given as the chief kind of creator has been absolutely fantastic. And one argument that always seems to come out of Evertonians is um, we haven't managed to replace Mikel Arteta since he left and my comeback to that has always been just give Sigurdsson time just give Sigurdsson time and he'll prove you wrong and yeah. obviously this run of four goals in four games uh, certainly looked like on track to, to sorting that out so obviously uh, he was heavily criticised last season for it not quite working out but again uh, who did have a good season last season uh, no I, one I, really just touching on Max's good points there obviously Silva has basically said to Sigurdsson, I'm going to invest all my trust into you because we had an abundance of number 10s, didn't we, last season? Um, and he's shipped out Rooney, shipped out Klassen. And he's basically said to Sigurdsson, listen, you're going to be our, our main um, creative attacking midfielder. Um, and it's great to see that Sigurdsson's repaying that faith. You see a lot of people, I, I think some of the Twitter arguments that you're referring to, David, from some res- respectable folk uh, with statistics and everything, uh, I think I saw a few of those. Um, and everybody has good points. Uh, a lot of them say that having Tosin on the field has been great for Sigurdsson in terms of he scores more goals when Tosin is on the field. Um I think I think they said his, the majority of his goals have been scored with Tosin on the field. I think that's right. 
um, which is interesting. Uh, however, we also have a pretty small sample size of him playing with Richarlison running through the middle. You know what I mean? We've only had part of part of one game, so I, I I'm really curious to see what his what it looks like for the for the remainder. Um, I think he was mentioning because Tosin is so good at hold up play and he does combine well with others. Um, so yeah, but that's the question. Do you feel like you guys let's ma- let Max start this one off? Max, do you think that uh, Sigurdsson will benefit more from a Charleston playing in that central yeah, forward role or Tosin? I think I think no. Well, something that I don't want to say. I think that's a really good point to to, to bring up because if, if you rewatch that Leicester game at times, Sigurdsson was pushing beyond and almost playing as that leading striker. It was, you know, it was really fluid. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the move, you know, I think allowing the players to have that freedom of movement to take up positions that you know aren't set in stone, allowing midfielders to press beyond them, playing up front positions. Sigurdsson did seem to benefit that. Obviously, he's not you know speed isn't isn't as great as assets, and that may have let him down in some respects against Leicester when it comes to closing the ball down. But in terms of you know his endurance and and willingness to to cover ground, it was still always there and. I think you know in in regards to Tosin. Obviously, I think if you're going to have someone, a playmaker as skilled as Gilfie, players like Tosin, who are deadly and and not so much classic number nines, but you know that's that's their set position. They're going to benefit from that. Um, but however, I was really impressed, and I know you gents know how much I've kind of envied these top sides and how the top sides play their football in terms of how fluid their attacking players are. After a glimpse of what I saw against Leicester, I really would like to see this kind of rotating movement of Richarlison, Bernard, Walcott, Sigurdsson all pushing beyond each other. But yeah, they, obviously, and that kind of comes full circle back to Silva and the influence that he's had over the the, the tactics that the, that the team are taking up. David, uh, what are you thinking? If you had a, if you're Silva, okay. Um, are you rolling with a similar setup in terms of the front four next match? Or are you looking at some of the numbers and thinking, you know what, we should continue giving Tosin a roll uh, from the beginning? Or are you thinking it's a matchup thing and we figure out who we're depending on who we're playing? Um, I think I think you maybe hit nail on the head at the end there. I think it's dependent on the opposition. See, it's difficult for me to remain unbiased because I really like what Tosin brings to to the team. And I'm not necessarily talking about goals. Um, I don't believe Tosin is what you would class as a goal scorer, which is a little bit of a kick in the teeth because you're paying a 30 million for a striker. You want someone who scores a lot of goals. But um, I really like Tosin's almost a, a target man with fantastic work ethic who can also finish. Um, but I think he does benefit from having the likes of Richardson around and Walcott who can chip in with goals and almost assist that kind of tally that you need from your striker. In terms of what Max says, I think that that's a very fair point. We've got we've got like a front four now who are inter- interchangeable and you know, you can kind of play that formation with. I think what's important to come away from here with is we've got almost two really good options now, haven't we? Because it's not always going to work one way against every team. So now you've got more options. You can go with almost a target man in Tosin, someone who can 
who can pick the ball, who can kind of press, who can hold the ball up, sorry, up top. But then you've also got, you know, these lads who can be so interchangeable and fluid. And I think that's going to be so important over the whole campaign that you've got more than one option, which even when we had Lukaku, who was a fantastic goal scorer for us, we never really had another option. Certainly last season, we, we had very little. So it's it's exciting. So I think the, the 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 dilemma comes from a lot of folks who who look at this and think we have to have a set eleven. There's this stigma that comes with a lot of the the stronger teams. You think these are your eleven strongest players. Um, however, if you're benefiting from even the strongest squads, I mean, I look at a squad like City, who you'll find Sane starting from the bench. That's a quality player. You know, and they can Jerry, do that, you know? When was the last time City played a, a set 11 for yeah. more than two exactly. games? You know? Exactly. Ever? You'd, you'd, you'd struggle to find a Guardiola City side that have played the same 11 for more than two games, in my opinion. And there are some really good squads like that. They're not the only ones out there who do that. Mm-hmm. They, they have that elasticity in their starting 11, you know, so so they can actually. I will say there are certain teams that play the same way against everybody. It doesn't matter, and there's your eleven. There are good teams like that too, and that seems like that's what people associate with being a, a good squad. But I just don't think that's the case these days. You know, no football. So yeah, go on. I was just gonna say a, a key factor, but that is European football. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you look at this. You're going on about the good sides that feel the same eleven. They don't. They don't necessarily consistently get European football season after season. Whereas players with you know versatility and quality in numbers that can field different 11s week in week out. You know they can look towards different games on Wednesdays and Tuesdays, and you know pick and choose when they want to play certain players. And like like the point that David made against you know about Guardiola and about about Manchester City. That's where it comes in, I think. Mm. You've. The thing is, as well, football, there's so many variables. You've got to be able to adapt. You, how many times have you watched the game of football where a team is playing one set way and it just isn't working? But like, look at Liverpool, for example, now. I think, obviously, they've had a, a good season so far. But you look at the way they play, I think they've got a fantastic kind of formation starting eleven. But, you know, how many games have they relied on storage coming on as a as a different option? And he, he, you know, he nicked a goal, Chelsea, didn't he? Uh, and he's—I can't remember. Oh, was it? Who was it? P- I think PSG started against PSG, and it's just having that different option. I think that's why you've got to have more than one option. I think now we've got that. We've got two different ways we can play, and if one isn't working, we can look to go another way. Yeah, I think that's huge. And what's what's odd is I think one of the—you know—when I first started watching. Everton play, Moyes was the manager. Then Martinez comes in, and he did talk about that. He talked about having players that give us a different look, a different way of playing, so not everything's the same. However, the irony there is we're talking about a guy who got accused often of not having a plan B (laughs) when it came to Mm -hmm. style of play. We may put different people in there, but we're still having the same problems. So that's just kind of, yeah. Um so, I mean, essentially what we're talking about, though, is the lo- long story short here is that uh, right now, the way Silva is wanting to play, we're actually seeing Sigurdsson get to the player we thought we were buying, you know, 
Uh, yeah. We're seeing a lot of the same stuff that he was doing with Swansea when he was yeah. their best player by far. Yeah, that, that, that's a great point to make. And if you, you look at obviously not in terms of quality, but in terms of the system, it, it's not too far different either. Because I think Gilfie was given the same responsibility and the same sort of freedom. Um, obviously wore the captain's armband for Swansea and you know he, he was wearing the captain's armband when he sunk that absolute mm. screamer in from 30 yards so uh, my point again about responsibility you know you, you give players something to play for something to fight mm. for and you'll get return on that mm. yeah I think that one of those Twitter arguments that I was seeing somebody referenced Llorente playing for Swansea and having that big target man up front that Sigurdsson combined well with and the closest thing we have to that is Tosun so mm. I'll be really curious to see because you know we're probably going to continue throwing Richarlison through the middle just because we had such good results but I want to I want to see what it looks like the differences in because I don't think we had long enough to really absorb that in the last in the Leicester match I want to see the differences yeah. in style I want to see the differences in results and individuals mm. who plays better in what formation there's a lot to yeah. figure out so. Yeah, yeah, that's that's one thing. I, I think people just need to remember that we don't always need to be so reactive as a fan base. So if he, you know, he, he's in fantastic form now, it it, it probably is going to drop again at some point. But it doesn't need to go back to the what a waste of money. Is you know we? It doesn't need to go to that. It doesn't always need to be so reactive. You know, just kind of judge him on 10, 15 games as opposed to two quiet games. Just I think Evertonians just need that perspective every now and again. Yeah. I mean, it's okay to like a player and think they had a shit game. You know what mm. I mean? It's totally okay. This, you know, good or bad, black or white, I mean, usually truth is somewhere in between. So, yeah. Anyway. Spot on. All right. So, uh, Gilfie, we know you're watching. Keep it up. And everybody else around Gilfie, yeah, you're doing that too. So, good stuff. I'm Jerry. David's back. And Max is here. All right? See, I feel like I'm selling Max short because I'm giving David, like, an action movie tagline. Like, David's back! And Max is here. So now I'm going to work on Max. Next time, next segment, I'm going to give you this kick-ass action entrance. (laughs) No, no. (laughs) Please don't. Not for Max. None of that for Max. (laughs) You thought he was gone. But now he's back and he's kicking ass and taking names. It's Max and his hairband. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like the... uh... When South Park do a rip of, of some sort of like some sort of film intro, <laughs> that's what I, I delve into that. I don't even mean to. It's like you you, you know you accidentally go into Trey Parker. Uh, so uh, so guys, um, one of the I guess surprising things, uh, the pleasant surprises about this particular season under Silva is Michael Keane has flourished. Now earlier on in the season, we did kind of a a joking segment where we picked certain players <laughs> that would be the worst on a desert island and, you know, things like that. And we just totally called out Michael Keane. We're like, he's he's not mentally strong. He's not he's not going to be able to adapt. He would die immediately. Was I on that episode? Yeah, yeah. Me and you <laughs> both were, I think. Yeah, I think Max was – I think it was all three of us, actually. But it, And we just roasted him. 
And to be fair, he has adapted. He has turned it around. David, what do you have to say for yourself? <laughs> it was me too. It was me too. It was me too. I just wanted to see the look on your face. Explain <laughs> um, Listen, um, I take my hat off to Michael Keane. I think... I mean, we can't get carried away. I don't think he's been unbelievable. No. I have to, no. I have to keep, I have to save some sort of face on this. But he's definitely for me went up a level. Um, the defense looks so much more assured with him in it, um, and it was just re- a real big season this one for Keane, and he started it really well. He's, he's, I think as he got one, one or two goals so far this season. Did he get one in the cup one. and one at Bournemouth? I know. Well, oh no, I'm thinking of Valencia. He's scored just before mm. start of the season, didn't he? Um, so yeah, he got. He obviously got the goal there, but he just looks so much more assured. And I actually felt when he picked up that injury, and we we had Holgate and Zuma in there, we we missed him, didn't we? Um, I mean, <laughs> um, yeah, I thought we. <laughs> so. <laughs> Dexter's got a new coach. For podcast people, you need to be aware that David's David's pup is chewing on on David's <laughs> earphone earbud cord, and it's just the cutest little dog. And I can't even be you can't even get mad at him. There he is. Oh, yeah. The t- the people watching on TV are loving this, and the people who are listening are like, "Well, I hope he's cute." You know, I'm yeah. assuming he's cute. <laughs> But yeah, it's a very we, we call him we call him satellite ears because his head he is yeah. just ridiculous. So so um, what kind of what kind of dog is he just for people listening, David? So he's a dash hound, um, but he's got a bit of chihuahua in him. Mm. Um, but luckily, he's not very yappy, and he's a little blue nose as well. So nice. that's the important thing. Yeah. Um. Anyway, Michael Keane. <laughs> um. So yeah. Anyway, all jokes aside, overall, I think he's. He's looked really assured. I think he's looked stronger. He's looked more looked more assured at the back end. Um, it's nice to kind of have someone we've got a bit more faith in, certainly, uh, in defence. Uh, Max, you and I were talking the other day about how uh, Keane and Zuma are making a good pairing right now because uh, Keane looks pretty assured in the air, winning a lot of those 50-50 balls, uh, and, but he's maybe lacking a little bit in speed. But Zuma picks up on that and they seem to be kind of balancing out well uh together um yeah do you think that maybe one of the reasons Keane looked the way he did is he was paired so often with ashley williams well uh, <laughs> <laughs> throwing shade everywhere today aren't you yeah uh, yeah but williams <laughs> you know no in compliment to, to michael Keane, i think his good form came before even kurt zuma came in i think this big turn of form came from the moment where Phil Jagielka was sent off in the first game against Wolves. Yeah, mm. I think it was kind of the you know it was the you know this is the big leagues now, so and you've got to take a lot of responsibility. And I know this is the word that I keep bringing up again, but after last season, it seems like under Marco Silva, all these players look like they have something to fight for. They've got a manager that they want to impress. They've got a, a manager who puts their arm around them and says, "Listen, I've got faith in you. Repay me." And you can tell that in Michael Keane's performances because he's he, 
you know, like it's, you know, you struggle to recall a game where he's looked as sloppy as he did last season. He's playing off and the back's comfortable. When he when he needs to get rid of it, he gets rid of it. In the air, you know, he's making his presence felt. I still think he's got a bit of a 50p head and his accuracy isn't the greatest, but as long as he's with the headers, that's all that matters. Um, in terms of his partnership with Zuma, yeah, definitely, the, you know, the speed compensation of Zuma does make up for it. Um, obviously, with Yerry Mina playing the 60 minutes in the behind closed doors, it raises a few questions as to what the future holds for that partnership, um, which I'm sure we might touch on later. But in regards to Michael Keane, I, um, I, you know, I, I wasn't the biggest hater of him in the first place, and uh, my, I, I always kind of say, <laughs> yeah, I, I just go back to, to last season, and I think you know, with the pressure that was that was on everyone's shoulders last season, not just with the negativity surrounding the manager, but the negativity that was bred from the fan base from that. It was just a lot for anyone to bear, and I think with this this, this freedom that's come with Marco Silva, now it's benefited everyone, including Michael Keane. I'm under the impression that Silva is very specific when he's managing in practice. He's very specific. This is your role. This is what you do. This is what you do during this time. And I just don't think that Keane's previous managers this past season were as specific. I've, I've, I'm under the impression that Silva, despite, you know, and he is that arm around the shoulder guy, the players love his ass, okay, which is great. That's part of it. But it's also like, look, in this situation, this is what you do, you know, and I think a player like Keane, I think he needs that. I don't think he wants to have a lot of free reign. I think he needs consistency. That's what he had at Burnley. It was very much like, this is who you're playing with. You're staying in the same part of the field. Just make, you know, and I, I, I think he he thrives under that kind of a that kind of a situation. Holgate was a little bit disappointing, especially considering I think going into the season we felt like he was one of our strongest center backs because he had shown that he had shown that he wasn't making a lot of mistakes. I felt very comfortable, and then he showed some moments during the season on some of some goals that we conceded where he seemed a bit naive. Like he wasn't yeah, tracking runners who were running behind him, that kind West of stuff. Ham. Yeah, uh, it happened, and it happened another. It, it was just, I, I was not expecting to come on here and have to say negative stuff about Holgate, um, but yeah, but, it happens. He's a young boys, guy. I, I know it's a bit off topic, and I don't mean to just drop it on you, but Adam Ola Luckman's just go for England under twenty ones or England under twenty threes, whatever it is. Good, good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Maybe ten in his form. Yes. I need to, yeah, need to. Yeah, I want to. Uh, I want us to. I want him to start getting some minutes and then start being a happy guy and actually thinking. You know what? I actually want to stay there because uh, if he's happy getting minutes, it's better for everybody. Well, so. I, I think just just to kind of tie it to the point with Mason Holgate, what we did think he was one of our better centre half, but I think that's atypical of Evertonians because of the faith and the passion that we have towards good young players. Mm. The moment we see a young player with a bit of star quality, I think we automatically assume that they'd be, you know, a polished diamond ready to yeah. place in the middle of the starting eleven. Um, uh, me included in that, I definitely would have included Mason Holgate in me starting centre-halves. But I think, obviously, with Zuma coming in on loan as well, and it, his move to Everton's obviously paid off with him getting called up for the French national squad. Mm. But, you know, the, we have two Premier League quality standard centre-to-halves now, which, are, which is, it, it's strange to say because, you know, 
did you ever think at, at any point last season that we'd be raving about how good our defence has become? Certainly not. Um, and, and with Yerry Mina to add to the equation, it, it's nothing but good things to say. I think looking at our player rankings, when we would rank the players and look at our positions of weakness and constantly seeing center back being so low. Um, and then we went out and just number one, Keen improves. And number two, we bring in two quality center backs. And one of them we haven't even really gotten to see. Who knows how good or admittedly how bad Jerry Mina will be, but we'll see. Um, right now, I mean, I know Max and I, you and I talked in the last record about how we, I think our, our gut would be to kind of keep the t- same center back pairing regardless of whether Jerry Mina's ready. Mm. Uh, Dave, would you agree with that? Maybe uh, maintain the same situation? Yeah, because uh, we're, we're, it sounds like we're all making a big song and dance about our defence. I'm still not 100% sold, uh, sold on them yet because, yeah, there's been improvements, but at the end of the day, we've got we still got one clean sheet, haven't we, all all season? Which which isn't isn't great on paper. Um, I think you lads have hit the nail on the head. I think we need a settled defence now. It's something we haven't had. We haven't had a settled back for. Um, and I'm I am excited about Yeri Mina. I think if you're paying thirty mil for uh, a centre back, chances are he's going to be a starter and he's going to be one of our better players. Um, but I'd leave it as it is. I think Zuman and Keane have done nothing wrong to warrant being dropped out the side. Um, so yeah, I'm with you two. I think let's let's leave it as it is and let's let's be ready to make the change when it needs to be changed. I.e., if someone goes out of form or if an injury creeps up, which inevitably happens. Plus, there's the reality that when centre backs play, they are usually in for the whole ninety minutes, and. His behind closed doors friendly, he played 60. You know? And so I, I think he's just going to need to play maybe more of those to kind of get up to get up to game shape. I mean, because just popping in for your first 90 minutes in a Premier League, I don't care who we're playing. That's not going to be easy for anyone. Mm. So, mm. so mm. yeah. Um, however, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say that that was only going to follow on from your point. The Premier League is so competitive this year. I really think it is. When you look at you look at the top four or five now, there's about two points between them, and then the rest of us. Well, it it, it is tight, so it's going to be very competitive this year. <laughs> Continue, sorry, Joe. <laughs> uh, just just to kind of let everybody know, pod people who are listening on the podcast. Anytime you hear David giggling. Like he's about four years old. That means the dog has hopped on the couch and given him a little lick on the beard and then jumped down. Just so you know, that's what you're hearing. All right. Uh, I think that the really interesting question is going to be two months from now. Who are we starting? You know, that's yeah. that's going to be the question. We, we started to delve into that in our last when we were talking about the Mina Gomez segment that we just put out recently. But... Mm. Do you try to start accommodating all three center backs or do you get in a nice rotation? It seems to me if you want to build that stability, you need to have a pairing for a while. And if you change that out, you need to stick with the next pairing for a while so you can build that trust and communication and all that stuff. But two months from now, I really I'm wondering who we're going to be looking at. 
th- I think Zuma's place is set in stone purely based on the fact that he's alone without the view to buy. I think you want to milk every penny that you can out of your loan signing. That 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 just you know this this preset idea that I've got. I I would love to see Yerry Mina and Kurt Zuma together at centre half uh, as. Obviously, there's just a lot of anticipation, anticipation surrounding the pair of them. Obviously, as I said there, Zuma being that loan signing who's a French international and Mina being the Colombian, Colombian hero from the World Cup. It, it, it riles a bit of excitement up inside, yeah. And yet, Michael Keane is playing really well. But I know you want consistency and I know you want stability, but would you not give him a little trial run? A bit of experimentation. I'm a little bit different to Max on this one, actually. I um, I wouldn't give him any priority just because he's on loan. I think you've got to play whoever's in form. And if anything, I'd actually rather see the lads who are going to be stable at the club playing more than the, the one who potentially won't be in next season. Because the last thing I would want Evans to do is get reliant on a play that we might not necessarily end up, end up signing. Uh, I, I can understand your point. In that, if you've got a quality player in there that you might only have for a season, make use of him. But I'm still not convinced Zuma would be our best centre back. To be honest, I think he's he's been solid so far, but I'm not sure if he's if he's what I consider our best centre back at this time. I, I don't I don't mean to sound harsh when I say this because I have been extremely impressed with Zuma when I've seen him play. But he's got this air of Mamadou Sakho about him when he's on the ball. Yeah, it always feels like there's. And he, it maybe we're wrong, lads. I don't know because we haven't. He, he hasn't really given us much to think this, but it does feel like there's a mistake there sometimes, yeah. or there's going to be a. And maybe we're just we're so used to fucking dodgy centre backs that we're <laughs> waiting for it to happen. I don't know, but mm, yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure yet. I'm I'm happy enough with them so far, but I'm not writing home about them either. Yeah, uh, Max, when you were talking about the fact that he was on loan, potentially, let's just drain him if we can yeah i was i had a similar uh i was thinking i my thought went to where where dave went which i was thinking you know if we've got another young center back who may be doing equally well do you keep the one who you've already invested in the most so that that experience will because you've already put that money into that one player you know that's a fairly, that's a really good shout. I think you know it's the investment of experience really going forward into the future. Um, it's it's a really good dilemma to have. Yeah. Oh God, it's awesome. <laughs> it's not. It's not as if we're picking the worst out of a bad bunch now. Right. It's, we've got a bit of a luxury of choice, and you know, as David said before, they're not the finished article. I I because you know the high standard that I hold us to. I wouldn't even necessarily classify us as necessarily being good as David said one clean sheet but you know gauging from last season the improvement has been mm. huge because we're not we're not parting like the Red Sea anymore you know we we actually seem decent at the back and a big thing I do like about Zuma is his ability to pick his head up and just break into the midfield maybe yeah. even shot off he was the one that got the assist for that Sigurdsson goal against Leicester and you know you want yeah. things like that to come from your centre half. I think we'll be happy, won't we, as long as we just kind of keep proceeding in the right direction. That's the main thing. You know, we're not asking to be challenging for the title this right. season, are we? Let's be honest, after last season. But if you can kind of 
which it feels like we've done to an extent. If you can kind of upgrade in every position, which I, I, when you look at it across the, our starting eleven now, it does feel as if I know Walcott come in January, but if you include Walcott in that group, it feels like we've improved in virtually every position on the pitch mm-hmm. over the last six to nine months. And I mean, that's that that's a sign that we are going going in the right way. We just got to continue doing so. I think having rational expectations, realistic expectations for improvement, mm-hmm. I think that's that's a tough thing because personally, I don't expect us to keep a clean sheet every game. I don't expect yeah. that. What I'm hoping is that we suppress the other team enough to allow this potent-ass offense to actually outscore the other team. And if we can hold yeah. them to one goal, maybe two, because I expect us to score two goals a game at this point. I do. Yeah. It's something that I just expect. Um, and I don't think that's completely unreasonable considering the fact that we are, we are threatening teams every game. Yeah. You know, we mm. have chances. We have just not been actually cashing in on those chances. That's only going to improve too, I yep. think. Agree. Yeah. Totally agree. So anyway, Michael Keane, uh, benefited from, from a stable nurturing locker room, uh, the guy has come in, had his head split open. And I'm, char- I'm not just talking about like, like getting stitches. I'm talking about his skull <laughs> was, mm-hmm. was opened up. And Fractured, he, yeah. what? Like I thought he was going to be out for so many months after that. He's come back and he's just slotted right back in. He looked great. Uh, a yeah, yeah. lot of respect to the guy. Michael Keane, no more jokes about your emotional fragility. Mm. No, we're going to have to yeah. figure something else out. But we'll get you. So, <laughs> all right, guys. Anything else on uh, on Michael Keane? Are we good? Good. Oh, he's got he's got a buy for a little while with me. Keep it up, Keane. <laughs> <laughs> David's got his arms crossed. Harumph. You just keep impressing me. <laughs> There's work to be done yet, Keane. <laughs> uh, hard boss to please. All right, yeah, so. So, everybody, that's the end of our Michael Keane segment. Uh, He's doing better. We're going to talk some retro rumors. These are from, uh, you know, I'd say definitely in the modern era. First one, uh, this story comes from The Mirror in October 2009. Uh, And again, this is a time when you guys were probably watching a lot more and I barely even know who knew who Everton was at this point. All right. I was a film student. Yeah. So, uh, October 2009, Everton ready to move for Ricardo Quaresma. Uh, Desperate, it it literally said, desperate David Moyes is weighing up an emergency loan move for Inter Milan winger Ricardo Quaresma. Quaresma is uh, out of favor at Inter Milan and available for a loan spell, uh, with Inter Milan hoping to offload him in the summer for around £8 million. Uh, He had recently uh, joined Chelsea on loan in January 2009, like earlier in the year, and was apparently a big disappointment. And apparently one of the big sticking points of this was Quaresma's 50000 a week 
wages. Mm. Um, it's it's such a travesty, you know, because in '09, Everton had such a good team. I think we yeah. only appreciate it now, mm. looking back. You know, over, between '08 and '09, Everton uh, they got to the semi final of the League Cup. That um, thing, the FA Cup final that was May '09, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that was '09. So we had. The uh, semi-final League Cup against Chelsea, we got beat by Fiorentina on penalties in the UEFA Cup, which I was convinced, had we won that game, we would have went on to win it. Zenit, who won it, we actually beat in the competition that year. Then you had, we got to the FA Cup final as well, and this was all within the space of you know one or two seasons. We finished fifth both times. And we had a fantastic team, but we just had no investment to build on that great team. Yeah. No, we're talking about low moves then, and it's so painful to hear that because you know we could have. We, I, I, I still believe Everton should have should have won silverware over those over that period. We were, we had a great little team. Um, yeah, that that is certainly up there with me. My favorite Everton teams in my lifetime under yeah. David Moyes. Just a serious, you know, very unfortunate. We just didn't have a pot to piss in, really, did we? We did just yeah. had no no investment whatsoever, and we were. Now, Andy van der Meijer was playing for us then as well, wasn't he? And uh, you know, we we had the academy. We were taking like like Dan Gosling, Jack Rodwell, and they were they were all fairly standard when they were coming through as well. They were playing well. Um, yeah, really disappointing that we didn't manage to to, to win something in that period. I'm not, I'm not sure how, how much he, uh, charisma would have contributed to the side, though. Hmm. Uh, he ended up going finishing out the year at Inter. Because they could not get rid of him, apparently. And then they, yeah, then they shipped him off to Besiktas in uh, 2010. So, yeah, yeah th- that, that June, basically. So, I guess yeah. his 50000 a week was a pretty big sticking point for everybody. Um, so, next story, next retro rumor. This one comes from Sky Sports. Uh, May 2013, Everton have eight candidates to replace Moyes as manager. Um, Moyes is succeeding Sir Alex Ferguson at Manchester United this summer, and this has left uh, Chairman Bill Kimwright looking for a new boss. Apparently, this is interesting, the list consists, uh, consisted of Phil Neville, David Weir, Alan Stubbs, Vitor Pereira, who apparently was the favorite at that time, Roberto Martinez, Michael Laudrup, Malky Mackay, Roberto Di Matteo. All right. Mm. Um, that's, Neil, Neil, Neil Lennon was in with the shout as well, if I remember. For some reason, it wasn't on that his name wasn't on that list, but I think I remember that. Yeah, it was. I always remember. It felt like there was just two camps. There was like the. The European exciting kind of football manager and the old school British kind of hard, like a David Moyes type character. And um, yeah, that, that was a panic station, that because apparently the likes of Alan Stubbs and stuff did get interviewed for the job. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually wanted Roberto Martinez to get the job, so I was chuffed. What a wanker I was. <laughs> Uh, I I wanted Vitor Pereira. I mean, I, I saw when yeah. he did the Porto. Uh, he just Porto, screamed, yeah, I remember yeah, that. Yeah, he just screamed winner to me, and I mean, I know Martinez won the 
won the I just I just I just knew how Everton that would be for us to appoint Martinez and scream and shout and, and stamp our feet in the press conference. He won the FA Cup, but he got relegated. And that mm. I knew that would come back to haunt us, which it inevitably yeah. did. But However, Where's Pierre Almax? That Pereira ended up going yeah. to somewhere like Dubai, somewhere like the Middle East. So it, his career didn't mm. turn out glitz and glam by any means. But yeah. I don't know who who, who knows. He, he could have been. A I remember a lot of Evertonians were really keen on uh, Michael Laudrup. Um, yeah, he he'd had a good turn at um, Swansea, but. He's another one that looked like to be a lucky escape because he, his careers went down the pan as well, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. he? I think he got sacked that season or maybe just after uh, with Swansea and never really, really recovered. So, Considering that list, okay, it seems like Pereira is your, you know, is a decent shout there. However, Martinez is, out of all of those, uh, one of the strongest candidates. You know, if you if you yes, look yeah. at all those, it actually, if I'm thinking about all that, he was a pretty solid choice compared to all that other stuff. But Max, you're right. I was very, I was fledgling in my my Everton support at that point. But when I heard about Martinez, <laughs> immediately I said, "Well, he just got relegated." I know he won, but I don't care. He just got relegated. I don't know how I feel about this. And then I heard him speak, and he seemed so intelligent. And then when I saw the 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 way he was bringing the team together, I was like, wow, he's doing a really good job. Okay, I'm behind this guy. I'm good with that. That first season looked good. That's a, that first that that was my favorite favorite season so far in my lifetime as an Evertonian. The um, you know the defensive stability of Moyes. And, and the flair that was kind of sprinkled on top of that by Martinez and the signings that he brought in, Lukaku, James McCarthy, Gareth Barry, after crew from Wigan. It, it was a really good season. Uh, and I, I am, I, I'm, you know, as much as we slag him off, I'm gutted that it, it went down the pan with Martinez because, you know, if he, could, if he could have built on us and actually, you know, if it wasn't that kind of just... Pass, 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 pass around the penalty area, and we actually kind of materialised the plan B. Who knows what could have happened, but here we are. We've got Marco Silver, and things are looking up again. Mm. Yeah, uh, I mean, Malky Mackay. That that guy's yeah, situation yeah. got kind of untenable. Yeah, you know. I mean, it's fair to if it was fair to say we were destined to always be doomed with that list. Where we so that's a really that's a fair thing to say, I would agree mm. with that. And you know the bummer about Mar- Mar- Martinez is I I was the same way because you hear him speak and his philosophy. I'm just like yeah, that sounds great. Let's do that. You know, and then and then he's such a student of the game. And then you actually see and it's like slamming your head against the wall repeatedly, <clears> expecting <throat> a different result. It just mm. oh that was just. It, it, it literally is Einstein's definition of insanity, isn't it? Doing the same thing over and over and over again. And Martinez, God bless him, he just—he is the eternal optimist. He, yeah. You know, he just is that type of person. And I, I've met him and I drilled him with a pretty hard question about Everton, which he didn't like. But and I, I'm still God bless as the heart. What yeah, did you I ask not, him? What did you I, do? Not, you know, heard that story. I don't I'm know if I have or not, but you should tell that story. I right haven't heard it. <laughs> oh, so right, so he came in as a guest speaker for my, for my uni before the World Cup, 
uh, obviously I was rubbing my hands together at this at the opportunity to drill someone who's absolutely broke my heart. You know, <laughs> he, he, he give he give the likes of Romelu Lukaku and John Stone the license to leave my club. I was like that. He was given a guest speaker at the Etihad. I, I rocked up. I made sure it was front seat. And uh, you know, he, he, cause I, I've read his autobiography, and you know, he's a really intelligent man. Um, and he kind of give his, you know, as football as in life, you always need to try your hardest, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And and then the kind of questions shifted over to the audience, and I was the first one to shoot my hand up, and I went. I can't, I can't even remember exactly how I worded it, but it was something wrong. Like obviously, we had such that that, that first season was so good. What went wrong? Like like I, I used the, that first home game against Arsenal in that second season. I used as the example when we were two 0 up and we just kind of collapsed. Oh, yeah, I just remember that. And I gave, him, I gave him two goals in five minutes or something, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I gave him a good few examples of where you know we absolutely ballsed it up. And he kind of looked at me for a brief second. He went, "Any other questions?" But, um, <laughs> yeah, but, 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 but in, in fairness, he he gave me a really good answer. He said his his focus with Everton was really to bring silverware in. And although you know, I, I was grateful for the answer that he gave us, which was kind of stuff that we already knew anyway. It, mm-hmm. it still did sound like it just. A load of chat, as it mm, often was. Yeah, as it always is. Aye. Wow. Wow. Max, sticking it to Martinez. I had to. I couldn't not. Yeah, you know, he's like, when he leaves Belgium practice and everybody else leaves the leaves the ground, he's sitting there in his office late at night, and he just stops everything he's doing and just goes, Max! He's manager of Belgium, <laughs> mate. <making that. laughs> I, it's still a mystery to me how he managed to get that job off the back of leaving us, but yeah, ah well, he, you know he's doing fairly well. Again, he's, he's always well. seemed like a nice guy, so you know I hope he does well and all that. What's funny is he really sounded like completely gutted that it didn't work out with Everton. Yeah, like he seemed like, look, if I, if we'd have had the Mashiri money, I'd have been fine. That's the vibe that I got <sighs> from him when he was talking. But anyway, I don't know about that. Anyway. Final retro rumor from Football 365, uh, July 2011. Nikola Zigic. Played for Birmingham? Yeah. Nikola Zigic, Goodison bound. From, from Valencia. He was six foot eight inches tall. Uh, what? Scored like, yeah, scored 50 goals with him on FIFA when I was a bit younger. <laughs> it was a so, and he went, as Max said, he went to Birmingham, I think, from Valencia and then got relegated with them. So it said that uh, the Blues are on alert after Zigic's agent confirmed the giant striker will leave Birmingham, Birmingham City this summer. Everton are believed to have shown interest in the 30-year-old Serbian in the past. Zigic's agent says, At the moment, the only thing that is sure is that Zigic is going to leave Birmingham this summer. There is still a long time to decide, so we are not in a rush Nicholas wishes, wishes to continue his career in England or Spain. Well, he did. Uh, he stayed and finished his career at Birmingham City. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a total of 138 appearances and 32 goals. Um, yeah. Yeah, we did miss out, did we? Tell you what, though, we desperately needed a goal scorer in that period. I was sick to death of seeing Tim Cale and Marouan Fellaini fill in. As- yeah, but... I'm not sure that he was the one, Max, with his no, 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 
Of course, of course not. But how our striker situation for so many years was so problematic, and it was mm. frustrating. Yeah, it was. It wasn't yeah. until Jelovic came in I thought that really. Yeah, he gave us six months, didn't he? And that was it. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, mm. that'd been that'd been a great guy to have. You know, beginning of last season, just have cigarettes and just lumping balls into the middle, have an enormous, oh, I, enormous dude just sitting there, Allardyce not even having to jump. Allardyce would have loved that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he yeah. would have. Would <laughs> have brought, brought him back out of retirement. Allardyce would have been like, put on this wig, you'll be my new Andy Carroll. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, guys, I guess that's, yeah. That's our that's our last bit of retro rumors. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. That's right, it's time for another edition of If You Know Your History. We've got Max. Max has just been crushing opponents left and right with his ginormous brain. But now... Who's in the cage with him? It's David. David's returned from from walking the earth like Kang and Kung Fu. Uh, he he's back, and 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 you know what? He's ready to challenge. So guys, j- the way this works, it's a quiz show. If you if you haven't been been actually listening to the show, it's it's a quiz thing. Um, so so what's going to happen? Is it's sort of like a penalty shootout kind of thing. One person gives an answer, then the next person gives an answer. You go back and forth like that kind of nonsense. Um, the way we're in, the, in previous episodes, we've been doing traditional questions, but with this one, it's going to be a little bit different. We are naming the starting eleven in a game, so we'll be going back and forth. Okay, gentlemen, here is, we don't we don't flip a coin because I'm I I, I don't actually have cash. So <laughs> any money? No, <laughs> I, I am poor. So so essentially, this is we're flipping a memory card. Here is the heads. Here is the tails. <laughs> well, we've got a tech nerd, everyone. <laughs> Great. Now they know. Uh, so uh, uh, who's who's going to call this? Max, you want David to call it? Yeah, yeah, go on. All right, uh, Dave. <laughs> Harry, yeah. What? What am I calling? Uh, just heads or tails, man. But what's heads and what's tails? No, I showed you. I said this is the heads and oh, this is sorry. the tails. Okay, okay. Let's switch off. Uh, heads. <laughs> All right, and we go. Flip. It is tails. What did you call, David? Heads. Up. Hey. Every time. Hey. Every hey. time, Max. There's some psychic connection there, isn't there? David, he's literally. I think he's won every single coin flip by either him calling heads or some, or him calling tails or somebody else calling heads. It's bizarre. That stinks already. I've got my excuse in. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, my my memory card is is uh, weighted. To I designed it Mm. to cheat for Max. That's what's happening. Max, do you want to go first or second? First, please. Just like usual. Sorry, David. This steamroller is aimed right in your direction, apparently. So good luck. Mm-hmm. Um, so, gentlemen, and, and uh, so what we have here is I need you to give me every player to have played in the six to three win against Bournemouth on February fourth, two thousand and seventeen. Okay, the six to three win against Bournemouth, February fourth, two thousand 
and 17. Um, so eyes on, the, eyes on the screen, Max, not looking at your phone. <laughs> Uh, cue the super intense game show music. There it is, slowly building. I'm quite building. intimidated by Max. I think he's a bit of a um, bit of a rain man when it comes to stuff like this. <laughs> nah, I, I start chatting shit. It just comes out naturally. Right, so I start piling the pressure on. I don't know why. I'm just a bit of a knobhead, aren't I? Really, but go on. Yeah, he actually intimidated Terry one time. I disagree with that. <laughs> All right, so so Max, give me a. Uh, Give me your first guess. Who's your first name? Who played a player that played in the 6-3 win against Bournemouth? Romelu Lukaku. Romelu Lukaku is correct. There's one. David. Ross Barkley. Ross Barkley. There is two. Morgan Schneiderlin. Morgan Schneiderlin is correct. There's three. Hmm. I'm already out. No, uh, I actually feel like this is a. a I'm going to play it safe and say. Oh, sh- I'm o- It's mad how you overthink it already, isn't it? <laughs> uh, uh, oh, okay. I can't. Leighton Baines? Leighton Baines is correct. Seamus Coleman. Seamus Coleman is correct. Did we have John Stones in that first lineup? Excuse me? John Stones? Hold on. I'm asking I'm trying to figure out, is that a guess or are you asking just just to ask the question? <laughs> I'm trying to figure no, out I, I'd like to deny it, but I I'm I have to be honest, it was a guess. Okay. John Stones was not. Oh, fuck. I was already. Oh, no. Was this Cooman's was this season? I remember, I remember the game quite well, to be honest, because it was, it was the game where Barkley celebrated. Yeah, I know. Oh, for some reason, I had that in. Oh, fuck. I'm, I'm, so, I'm well, hold on. Is... Well, hold on. <laughs> so... Yes, so that bro. David, David picks up his drink and just pounds the rest of it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going hard on the bottle. I have to go when I was over two answers. <laughs> um, so, I mean, let's keep guessing, all right? Uh, but so let, let, just because we have a lot of names left. Uh, so, Max, who's your next guess? Right, because, because, because of one, I'm going to go out a bit. Was, was Tim Howard out? Suspended or injured? I've got a feeling Joe Robles was in goal for that game. Is that a guess? No, it's not. (laughs) No, it doesn't really matter because the game's over. But yes, Joe Robles was in goal. I do remember the game. Yeah. Yes, Robles did play that one, did start. Okay, and and Howard was not even on the bench. Yeah, hold on. So I had that game. I've got... Was that so? It wasn't that was uh Cooman's first season that game, is that right? Yeah, I think so. John Stones, you fucking dickhead. For some reason, I I was working off kits and like because I fell in love with that Barkley celebration and I had it as that um as the kit before Cooman come in and I've, I've messed it. 
I'm digging the hole here. Um, did the Jags play in that game? Uh, uh, he did not. He was on the. He was one of the subs who did not play. He was on the bench. <laughs> he played in this game. The he gay did. play. Uh, did uh, no, he did not. He was on the oh. bench as well. Nah. Jane, right. Was it Gareth Barry and James McCarthy in centre midfield? Yes. With Morgan Schneiderlin? Yes. On paper, that's like the world's slowest midfield, but. Or the world's most defensive midfield. It's yeah. just, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I guess Gareth Barry did, uh, he did pass forward. Hey, and I'm, I'm, I'm guessing right, because will, will it, it'll have been after the, sit, the Man City game when we beat Man City at home 3 0. So did Luckman play? Lookman did play. Yeah. He did start. Okay. 4 0. 4 0. 4 0, sorry. And uh, Mate, I have to pull it back somehow. I'm, I'm, I'm clutching the scores here. <laughs> <laughs> We've all had a day. Uh, so, uh, two players left who started. Um, so it's centre. We haven't, we haven't done the centre half, have we? It'll be the centre half. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say. Funes, maybe. Who? Funes Mori. That's right. He did start. Big Ashley Williams. And Big Ash Williams. All right. You guys uh, know any of the subs who came in? Any guesses? That'll be a tricky one. Um, um, that, that's a bit clutch in the straws. I can't. Um, I mean, it doesn't really count, so you can just guess if you want. No, because it wouldn't be like, I was thinking, like, we're not whipping out a ruin of Coney at that point, are we? Because he's gone. No. Um, had, he, had he gone at that point? All, all I know is he was not on the bench for that game. Yeah, he must have done, yeah. Um, uh, Kevin Morales, he's like the infamous Everton sub that always That's right. <laughs> Morales came in for Lookman in the 71st minute. Um, did any of the Davis get a run out? Davis came in for McCarthy in the 61st minute. It's all coming back. One more that I probably wouldn't have guessed right off, right off the bat. Um, I'm guessing if we've got a heavy advantage that we're just going to make a really weird defensive substitution. I, I'm trying to think, who, who we, what defenders would we have had on the bench? Mason Allgate. Oh, nice. oh, great shot, mate. Great shot. Nice. Fantastic. Holgate, Holgate came in for Gareth Barry in the 80th minute. Okay. Proud of that, one. that was a bit of a stab in the dark. Yeah. I don't know why I was nodding. <laughs> it's a podcast recording and I'm nodding. <laughs> as, as, though, as though they can hear the uh. bones in my neck shifting when I do that. Yeah. Sorry, pod people. That's why they were saying great shout. Scorers. Oh, scorers. scorers. Yeah. Uh, Romelu Lukaku, Ross Barkley. Um. That's it's so Lukaku got four that game, didn't he? That's right. Yeah. See, David, uh, you're okay. Who cares, John Stones? You just called, you know, you remember that Lukaku had four. Yeah, you need to warm me up. That's right. Ask me, ask me, girlfriend. So, so <laughs> <laughs> uh, she doesn't. Um, so, who is the other one we've got? It's actually a, a different, a, sort of unusual one, somebody who doesn't score that often. Come on, we'll get it, come on. Apologies to anyone listening who's just shouting it now. Hey, um, did James McCarthy score in that game? 
I don't know, did he? Was it... Because <laughs> someone who doesn't usually score, and I'm thinking, because he got his first one against Hull last game of the season, then he scored against Man United, and that re- really weird kind of carried on run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, John Stone scored in that game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, James yeah. McCarthy. Yeah. yeah, Lukaku scored in the first minute. God, that's setting the tone. Yeah. First I, I minute. Remember, I, I remember this. I was late going through the turnstiles and I missed it. And a steward took the piss out of us all, saying, well, if you were the turned off early. So, yeah, Lukaku, first minute, 29th minute, 83rd minute, and 84th minute. Uh, McCarthy, 23rd minute, and Barkley, um, you know, when he wasn't costing us $20 million, uh, he yeah he uh, scored in the ninety the fourth minute of added time. I love that goal, you know, where he celebrated before putting it in. Yeah, I literally wrote down "celebrated before scored," right there mm. for that one. Wow. <sighs> yeah. Oh well. <sighs> anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to be be positive. Because uh, <laughs> if we turn this into Ross Barkley hour, it's just it's negative. So, uh, mm. Max. Your prize for having won this is you get to enlighten us with your musical tastes. So what what awesome tune have you chosen for us to talk about as we close the show? I've had a bit of a bevy and it's the only it's the first one that springs to me, man. Positively on Fourth Street by Bob Dylan. Positively yeah. on Fourth Street by Bob Dylan. So, why? Why? I, I don't know. I remember it was just a weird one because I remember me, me, me dad just dropped me a text and said, "Listen to this song." So, uh, uh, and and since then I've just thought, you know what, is a bloody excellent song, as often is the case with Bob Dylan. I think he's absolutely fantastic. No, me, me dad's a big Bob Dylan fan, so I've listened to me fair few amounts of Bob Dylan. So, uh, just for somebody who really can't recall that song, sound, or by name, uh, what is that song about? Um, I don't know. It's, it's Bob Dylan, isn't it? It's always boy meets girl, and, and or, or boy doesn't like girl, and boy slags girl off. It's like, <laughs> like yeah. And I don't know, obviously, you, you'll have your personal attachments to it, and, you, you know, your personal rationale for the reason for liking that song. Yeah. And it's just basically a little bit of something like what we were talking about off camera before we came on. People are just full of bullshit. Nice. Nice. There you go. Right note to end on the mic. Yeah, that's... that's (laughs) Warming up your day. One little line at a time. Thanks, Max. Uh, (laughs) So, uh, now that we are aware of the, you know, how we're all full of bullshit... Uh, <laughs> and you're listening to the dulcet tones of, of Bob Dylan. We're going to end the show. That's the end of the big show. If you've been listening via podcast, uh, thanks for that. Uh, please subscribe to the Toffee Blues prod- podcast. Rate it if you can. Uh, and you'll leave us a little review if you like. You can say, the two guys that aren't Jerry sound like they have great beards. Jerry, grow one. Something like that, you know? Or... Y- <laughs> Or you could say, I wish David's dog was on all the time. <laughs> uh, little asshole. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
so uh, additionally, um, check out our YouTube channel, please. Uh, if you want to subscribe to the Topic Blues uh, YouTube channel, we're sitting around 12, 20-something subs. So check us out there, too. You can see our faces there if you're into that kind of thing. Um, also, uh, check out uh, David's Twitter if you want to see where David's appearing uh, in terms of podcasts or on video or his or his written words, uh, yeah, check him out there. Um, also, check out uh, Max's uh, analysis. Uh, he'll he'll post links to that on his Twitter page and also where he's showing up for yeah podcast nonsense. He's everywhere too. Um, check out the uh, both those guys appear on the Toffee Blues website. Check out uh, check that out because there's a lot of stuff there. A lot of people who appear on, on our podcast and contribute to our our YouTube channel they write analysis for that too. Subscribe to the Toffee Blues on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. No more plugging. Uh, Max, as always, good to talk to you, man. Good to see you. Pleasure. David, come on more often. Damn it, this was fun. You're wonderful. Yeah. Thanks, man. <laughs> Cheers, Jerry. All right. I'm Max, of course. Cheers, guys. <laughs> All right. Boy. So, uh, for these guys and for me, Jerry, thanks so much, and we're out. So, bye. Bye.